for the next, I think about the next four or five weeks, I want to do foundations again. I mean, it is the basic stuff, you know, but the, prop, the thing is, many times it is the basic stuff that we don't, that we don't do, the basics, and then things are not happening because we forgot the basics. Many times, I mean, we just accept that people know everything. And uh, us that have been Christians for a long time, we thought, oh, well, it's, we know this thing. But you know, the amazing thing that I've noticed is that we don't always remember. We don't always know, really know the things. Okay. Cool. Salvation. Tonight we are going to talk about salvation. Why do we need salvation? It is probably the most important aspect in a person's life. Without salvation, there's nothing. Without salvation, it is impossible to know Jesus. You may know of Him, but you don't know Him. And I think that is the desire of every one of us, to know Jesus. Okay. So we all know that the Bible says that every single one of us has been made in the image of God. And what does it mean that we've been made in the image of God? Does it mean that we, are look, that we look like to Him? Otherwise He would have been a monkey. Okay, that is why we are human. God is a person. Cool. What does it also mean? It means that we have the ability to think. We have the ability to do something. We have the ability to create something. You guys hear what I'm saying? You know that the devil cannot create. The devil can only imitate. And it doesn't matter whether you are 101 years old like Heidi. <laughs> oh, I love Heidi. <laughs> doesn't matter whether... We are 101 years old, guys. But in the spirit, there's, 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 there's this one, there's one verse, I think it's in 2 Corinthians. I don't want to, I mean, I'm going all over the show now. It's in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, where it says that from we are transformed, we are taken from glory to glory. In other words, it's almost like you're watching yourself in a mirror and you are being transformed from glory to glory into the image of Jesus. What does it mean? It means that the more you and I start to know Jesus, the more you and I will eventually become, start looking like Jesus. Cool. And that is why I'm saying that the moment that you and I are being born again, you and I have the ability to, be, to create something. We can create anything. How do we create it? By just taking the word of God and speak the word of God. Okay. So we know that last week I was saying we consist of three parts. Guys, this is very important, especially I think that is one of the basic foundations. I've never, when I, when I grew up in the traditional church, I don't know about you guys, but I, they probably, they've said okay, they probably brushed over it that we consist of a spirit we consist of a soul we consist of a body 
Okay. Every one of those three things needs to be, needs to get salvation. Now I know it's for the body in this life it's absolutely impossible to get salvation because the thing is, it says that the, the flesh, in other words our bodies, wage war against our, our, our body and our soul wage war against our spirit. So for every one of those three we need to have salvation. Okay, now the thing is, the spirit, we, we know that, okay then, last week I was mentioning that the, the spirit con, consists of, of three parts. The most important part for us to know, to grow in our, is that we understand the issue of the soul. You guys with me? The soul consists of, of these three parts. In other words, it, it consists of your heart and your mind and your soul. In other words, your imagination, your feelings, your memories, your thoughts, your intellect, your, your, your IQ. Last week I was saying, and that is, that is a, why, why people are struggling, because we don't know this type of thing. You're, you see, that, and that is why, even when, you, when, you, when, when or people that doesn't know Jesus operate out of the soul. So in other words, they're constantly being driven by a feeling. They're constantly being driven by the, the lust of the flesh. You guys with me? Cool. You and I have the ability to create and the ability to imagine. I remember there's a book that was written by, by Dr. Yonki Cho and, Yonk, in, in, and it is The Fourth Dimension. Okay. What does it mean by the fourth dimension? Did you know that Jesus imagined you in his... God imagined you before you existed? It's, it's actually mind-boggling. Now, if he made us in his own image and you start imagining, <coughs> the more you imagine the thing, eventually, I mean, it's like, eventually it will come to pass. It's like an architect. I mean, this guy will, you go to the architect and you say to him, please draft me a plan for the house. He will ask you how many rooms or whatever the case may be. And then, lo and behold, a month later, he come back and he has this amazing thing. You, you haven't even seen it. But this architect brings you the plans of a, of a building. And there's a little bit of color here and the, and the front side and the back side and all those kind of things. You see a little bit of plants here. Nowadays on the computer. I mean, you see the thing right in front of your eyes. This is exactly the same thing. Cool. You and I have the ability. You and I have the... I mean, if you see a loved one that, that is lost, last week, all of a sudden, well, let me, I was speaking about it last week, all of a sudden, this last, couple, this last month and a half, people that I'm praying for, I've never seen this thing before. Or let me rather say, not even a month, it's not even a month ago. When, would, when did we go to that prophetic thing? Two weeks ago. <coughs> the guy, and I was telling you guys, it was, it was Luke 11, the story of, of, Lazar, of Lazarus. Jesus received message, Lazarus is sick. And he said, okay, this, this sickness will not end into death. This is his words. The sickness, the sickness will not end in death. I mean, what, is, what are uh, odd things 
thing to say. Then he waited three days. And eventually he arrived there and Lazarus was dead. Then he said to Lazarus, come forth. That is where I first time ever, I, I, then I started seeing this picture. A loved one, or a friend, or a colleague, whatever, that is absolutely lost. I see this picture, I see this person. In my mind's eye, sitting in a prison cell. Sitting with fetters and, and handcuffs and leg irons and all those kind of things. And I even see this person with a veil around his eyes. Now I have the ability to create freedom in, in that person. You guys see what I mean? The moment that you start seeing the thing. Now what I do, I'm, I'm calling you by your name. Heather, I'm, I'm just using you. I mean, I'm not seeing you, but I mean, I'm seeing Heather and I start speaking to Heather. I said, listen, in Jesus' name, this prison that you find yourself in, I destroy this prison in the, by the power of the Word of God. This veil that is on your eyes, I go up to you in my mind and I see this and I remove this veil. I say, I remove this veil in Jesus' name. I see that you have a, this, uh, what is, uh, a leg that is not working functionally, properly working. And I go and I touch your leg in my mind and I command this leg in Jesus' name to be healed. And I'm start looking around. It's almost I get this picture of like when you see a three-dimensional thing on the computer from, from different angles, I, I don't know how it happened. I see myself walking around you. And I see, wow, okay, there's an open door in your life. Okay, there's an open door in your life. There's an open door in your life. Mm. I'm still not going I mean, it's amazing how God shows you the open doors. I see, there's depression. Really, you see a cloak of depression hanging on this person. And you just go, and by the imagination, I go and I remove this cloak. I see there's the open door. I have the ability to close the open door in your life because my God's desire is for you to walk in the fullness of your destiny. And I go and I apply the blood of Jesus to that, to that open door in your life. I know you still have that. It is still your, your duty, in other words, still your responsibility to close the door. But Jesus said, to, Jesus said, Lazarus or this thing will not end into death. So in other words, he spoke the word before, before I mean, the, the word of God was already in the grave of Lazarus before Lazarus was in the grave. So in other words, I come and I, and Holy Spirit showing me and I close this door. You are not even there yet. But by me already speaking the word of God into your life, applying the blood of Jesus into your life. By the time that you get to that place, you will have the strength and Holy Spirit is going to give you a revelation and you will close this door. That is why I'm saying God has given us the ability to create. We can create freedom for one another. Okay. The same with whatever you desire. I mean, that is why Jesus said, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. 
That is what Yom Cho was saying. Yom Cho, he, he was as poor, I mean, he was working in, in this book. He was telling that when he started off, he felt, I mean, he was working, I think, in the post office or something. I've read the book many years ago. And then God speak to him and said, I want you to go into full-time ministry. Now, he didn't have a bicycle or nothing in, in Korea in those days. And then he started imagining God is going to give me a bicycle. And he starts speaking his imagination before he know it. He got his bicycle. You guys with me? Okay, I'm telling you now. I've, I've listened to me. I've tried. I've seen a million rand in my bank account, but it has not happened. Not yet. <laughs> so it hasn't happened yet because with the million rand, I said, ooh, this is a new, beautiful couch, a new car. That's probably why it didn't happen. Okay, now I'm just... You guys with me? I mean, that's one of the basic... That is why salvation, it is, among others, so important. Cool. Uh, so it takes, was yes? it the young who uh, was asking God for a desk and a chair? Yes. Uh, that's the same thing. And God said to him one day, he was in his behind the office in ministry, and he answered him to, to, to one day, there are many desks. What kind of desk do you want? And he said, I want to cut this and a ball and claw or whatever it was. It was like a special like open desk or whatever. And within a month, that desk arrived. And the same, the same with the chair. Same, he was very specific. Exactly. The chairs. What kind of chair do you like? And, and it is just amazing how good God is and how specific and detailed our God actually is. And we miss it. Yeah, indeed. We forget to, and he said, I will give you more than you can imagine of He will use our imagination. So we must imagine what we what we think is good, and he will give us more than that. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. Very good. I just want to, another thing that I've, I've seen in, in, in this thing. I mean, there are a couple of people in, who's even close family members whose marriages is, is absolute in a, in, a, in a bad space. I've got a very close family member that's, that's sitting in that, in that situation where they, are, they have moved apart. They are not divorced yet. <coughs> Him or this family member and, and three others. I see this picture. It's almost like, and I call it the chasm. It's all, I see, it's almost like I'm standing in front of a valley. I see the, this person this side, this person that side. And, you, and I see this incredible deep, deep cut. And I, and I will stand there, or I'll, and I will, but I will, if I see this picture, I'll take the blood of Jesus. I'm, I see myself putting my hands in the blood of Jesus, and I apply it to this chasm. Guys, I've, it is absolutely amazing. The ability that God has given us to bring healing and I literally see as I say God this chasm as I apply your blood I see this chasm start closing and what I then do I say God I restore I command restoration I command reconciliation I command forgiveness and I command unity no I haven't seen this happening in the in the physical but I mean, it is impossible 
that I can see these things. And the same with you and me. I mean, that is why I'm teaching you guys, but apply to me, apply to all of us. We need to start imagining. And, see, and I see how this thing is working. I, I'm 100% convinced it is going to happen. Guys, I'm getting so excited. I mean, can you imagine what you and I can do in one, one another's person's life? For your business. I mean, I see this business of yours getting so big that you need to get other people to come and help you. That you start paying other people to come and help you. And I see all of these, I even smell the fragrance of the beautiful stuff that you are making. And I, and I called and I said, in the name of Jesus, more, I, I command more to happen. You guys know that you can command the morning. God has given you as a born again believer the ability to command the morning. Hello? It stands in the, it is in the book of Job. God asking Job, did you command the morning to do this and this and this? So, my prayer time, I say, I command the morning in Jesus' name to bring forth the purposes and the destinies of God over Camperdown. Amen. Awesome. Okay. Uh -huh. Over Camperdown. Yeah, or over the life of this person, whatever the life, whatever the case may be. Cool. So, I have to say, there's also the thing of the soul. The soul is a very, very powerful thing. The flip side of the coin of, of what Yonki Cho was saying, the flip side of the coin is, Pachmani wrote the book, The Latent Power of the Soul. That is where this thing, the power of the mind is coming from. You guys with me? If you are a non-believer, you have such the ability to imagine that your soul can also bring about the things that you are dreaming of. I mean, look at it, many of the developments that's happening in the world. Yeah. I mean, massive buildings, whatever. These people doesn't even believe or they have the ability to create. You and I have the ability and we start need to start digging in and, and do. Cool. Awesome. Any questions? Nothing. Cool. I'm saying I mean what you have to do is you have to go how it works for me I go and I, I I'll, I'll let's use that, that scenario 
Jenny and, 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 uh, and Jane or whatever. I know that Jenny is not a believer. So what I, I imagine, my, I, I, I see, imagine this person in front of me. I go and I sit and say, God, I thank you. I, I mean, I just go and I sit and I, and, I, and I start imagining and I see your face. I see Jane's face. Now, I know she's not a believer. And then I see, but this, she's blind. Because the reason why she's a non-believer is because she's being blinded. There's a veil over her mind, whatever. So what I then do is that, I said, God, I put my hands in the blood of Jesus and I apply the blood of Jesus right now to her mind. And I, in, in my mind's eye, again, I put my hands on her head and I take this veil and I, in Jesus' name, right now, I remove this veil. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are flooding the eyes of her understanding with light. And I speak and I say, Holy Spirit, right now, thank you that you are bringing revelation and revival into her life sooner or later because i'm doing it in the spirit sooner or later revelation will come god will send someone or whatever either he will touch her himself or he will send someone to speak to her because the veil has been removed and that is what's going to happen it is a it is a it is a prophetic act okay one of salvation. Okay, cool. Guys, I just want to say quickly, uh, the thing is we all know that the Bible says that the serpent came to Eve. And we have this, I mean, the, the word that was used for the devil there is the serpent. Don't make a mistake. The thing is that why we, we missed the point is that our perception of a serpent today is Kill the thing if you want to see, if you see the thing. And we see this, I don't know, my, I used to see the snake standing on its tail. Shit, it's got really shame. Whatever the case may <laughs> But that is not what it actually, I mean, it, serpents in, in those times was, was a, was, is, is being seen as a god. In other words, a god. If you go and, I will, I will explain to you. When Adam, when Adam and Eve saw the serpent, there was nothing that they started shaking in their pants. In any event, they didn't have pants to shake in it. <laughs> they were used to gods. In other words, now in Ezekiel 28 says, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom, and you were perfect in beauty. You were an Eden, in the garden of God. Then he made this statement, every precious stone was your covering the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes in other words your music instrument was prepared on the day you were created and it says you were the anointed sheriff who covers i established you you were on the holy mountain of god and you walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones you see all of a sudden now you you were perfect in the way in your way from the day you were created wow every precious stone was your covering you were anointed cherub who covers all of a sudden this picture of this snake standing on his on the tip of his tail is not in the picture anymore you guys see that is how he i don't know why i was uh, oh yeah he deceived eve whatever the case may be that is where we missed the point okay
come down in Eden, the Garden of Eden, he was with Adam and Eve all the time. He was the no, And he hadn't turned against God initially. It was only when he turned against God, he probably ate from the fig tree as well. And then he But the thing, why, why was actually bringing, Brian was bringing this thing. He says he deceived. You know the moment that he said this beautiful, this God, in other words, when the serpent came and he said to Eve, did God really say? And then he said to them, you will not die because God says, if you eat of this, you shall not die. Now all of a sudden he said, now man, you will become like God. You know what he did? Immediately release imagination. He touched their imagination. All of a sudden that I will become like God. They knew God because he was walking with them. All of a sudden in their imagination. Oh wow, man. And they were already like cool. God. That's cool. Amazing. They were already like God. Okay, now what do we do? Guys, what do we do be to become Christians? First of all, we have to recognize that we are sinners. If, guys, let, let's settle and fix that thing. If the Bible says, what is it? Uh, Romans 3 verse 21. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. Cool. Second one, we have to repent. You see, when I remember when I was, just to go back to the first one, we all are sinners. I remember when we were doing street evangelism for a long time, I've been doing, I mean, before we move here, shelter ministry and so on. You know how many people, when you ask him the question, if you were to die today, and you stand before God, and He, and he asks you, why must I allow you into heaven? How many people say that yeah. thing? No, I've never murdered someone. I never stole or whatever. Sorry. I mean, that is the... Believe me, there are even hundreds of thousands of Christians in the church will give you that same answer. Cool. All of sinners. Secondly, we must repent. Guys, the amazing thing is repent means to stop what you and I are doing. Now, I know that... The moment that we get born again, you're still sitting, I mean, for many, many years. Your default mode was to do what you were doing. And many people I've seen, the moment that they get born again, immediately God come and He remove that thing. But He doesn't always remove the Hittites and the Pharisees and the Ishmaelites and whatever lights are there. In there. Because He needs you, He leaves some of those things to teach you to make war against those things, to teach you to overcome those things. But eventually you and I have to get to a place where we, we stop. And the Bible says two things. Amazing thing, Jeremiah. I don't know when, I know it's in the book of, I think it's Lamentations. Jeremiah made this profound statement where he said, God, if you do not bring, if you do not cause us to repent, how will we be able to repent? Cool. Paul says, by the Spirit put to death the works of the flesh. I think it's one of the Psalms where David says, Revive us, O God, for your name's sake, for your righteousness' sake. Bring our soul out of trouble. In your great mercy, cut off our enemies, destroy those who afflict our soul. So the thing is, if you are struggling with repentance, ask Holy Spirit to help you to overcome this. 
There's no way that you and I will do it in our own strength. Cool. You guys with me? So first one, remember, you must know that you are a sinner. Second one, we need to repent. Thirdly, come and ask Jesus to come and stay in your life, in your heart. We all have done that. Unfortunately, many people, I've seen it in many churches, you go and you ask Jesus to invite you, invite Jesus to come and stay in your heart. 100%. But it's only 50% of the thing. You remember that in the book of Acts, Paul, Paul was asking that wherever he was going, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, we don't know what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but, we, we, but we've accepted Jesus. That is why people are struggling. So in other words, you invite Jesus to come and stay in your life and you invite Holy Spirit to come and stay in your life as well. Whenever you lead a person to, to God, very important, those two must go hand in hand because he says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes. It is the Holy Spirit in us that transforms us. Yes, we have to Jesus, but we have the Holy Spirit also. Okay. Uh, when uh, we, we, we see that to be, to be born again or converted means I'm set, accepting Jesus my Lord and Savior. Secondly, going through the waters of baptism. Guys, if you've just been pat on the head with a couple of drops, I'm, I'm not knocking that person, but that is not... That is not the biblical picture that, that we... You know that Jesus made a very profound statement? I come to him and ask him, God, what must we do to be saved? And then he made this, he said, Believe in the Lord your God and be baptized. Oh, well, Jesus says you have to be baptized. And then the third one, <coughs> being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Cool. Now we are doing salvation of the Spirit. So now you remember I said that we need salvation in every three of every part of those three parts. Salvation of the Spirit. This is called the process of justification. The moment that you and I are born again, we are immediately justified. This is our legal position. I don't know how to explain this. Perhaps I must... Because I'm in, in, in the law, I'm sitting there and I'm saying to this guy, you are guilty. I'm sitting to that, telling to that guy, saying to that guy, you are not guilty. You know, our problem is, we accept Jesus as our Lord and our Savior. And we've lived this horrible life. And the thing is, we, we accept Jesus and, 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 and God is saying to us, oh, by the way, you are not guilty. As a matter of fact, this thing that you've just did, You've murdered pity or whatever the case may be. It's just as good as if it never happened. Yeah. And that is where we are struggling. Yeah. Cool. So in other words, I know that I am the scoundrel. And I still believe that I'm, I'm the scoundrel. It's almost the, the picture that I have. Is that, uh, can you imagine now? I'm sitting there. Jackie defends the guy. And uh, I said to this guy, Oh, by the way, you are not guilty. And this guy said to Jackie, no, I don't believe what that guy is telling me. I'm going to call in the court orderly. Please come and handcuff me and take me down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see, that is the, yeah. the thing. We don't believe that we are justified. Mm. I'm not talking about sanctification. That is, that is a totally another problem. Mm. So the moment that you believe you are justified, God says, I'm, He blessed the righteous. 
In other words, you become righteous and they surround you with favor as with a shield. Cool. You guys with me so far? I mean, um, I'm preaching so, to... I'm, yeah? Yeah. A, a Christian said to me this week, yes, but I, I did this, I did that, I did that. I said, yes, but you've repented of those things. You are talking now and saying you did those things and God doesn't know what you're talking about. They are what? I think sometimes it's necessary that because somehow I've seen it even people that are walking with God for a long time they miss this 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 first one you know how many people are missing this thing or they forgot about this thing or they don't believe this thing that you've been justified true repentance the moment that you are really being touched by God it will start showing in your life okay second one salvation of the soul in other words, our imagination, our, our thoughts, our feelings. This is called holy, uh, this is called the process of sanctification. So I, I accept Jesus, Holy Spirit is inside of me, and I'm being changed from the inside out. Amen. I was saying last week, I, it, it's mind-boggling that the Holy Spirit is prepared to come and live on a dunghill. In a pig shed, in a pig, but pig sty. And the amazing thing is, all of a sudden, from the inside out, he's bringing life, and he's cleaning it from the inside out. So, in other words, justification—the first one. The second, the other word, your spirit is being justified. Secondly, your soul needs to be sanctified. Okay, that is a process that happened over a period of time. Only problem is that there are many people that have been justified. 40 years ago, but they are, but they, they, but they are still walking around in nappies. Okay, cool. How, how, how do we become sac uh, uh, sanctified? In other words, the veil has been taken away, and the more we start focusing on Jesus, the more you and I will start looking like Jesus. You guys, you, 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 I mean, we all, we all understand. I mean, I'll, I'll use a simple, like, simple example. But there's very little teaching in the church. Yeah. There's no sermons in the existing. And you got how you forgot my God. Yeah. There's hardly any teaching in the church. Yeah. 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 I want I want to add this here. I want to add this. You, we're talking about there's no teaching in the church or whatever, but we must remember 
the onus is not on the church to teach us. We don't go to the church to be taught. We go to the church for community. Yeah. Because God says we need community. We need to hold each other up. The teaching and the growing and, and getting to the word is our own responsibility. We need to study the word, firstly. We need, because the word says we go to the word, to the church, and one brings a word, one brings a song. So we all need to come here on a Sunday already prepared with a word in your heart, a revelation in your heart. So we need to change our mindsets because we all grew up with that thing, only the church must give me, give me. No, we must come to the church to give. That's a mindset, you know. Yeah. Remember now as well that it becomes a church to be built up. That too. That too, definitely. Yeah. But not only that. Yes. Yeah. So it is a fellowship and yeah. we come and we share and all this. But uh, there are there is also sometimes the leadership is at fault because they say, yeah. shut up, sit there and just listen. We don't exactly. Yeah. And yeah. they're not actually building the people. Yeah. That's how we all grow, yeah. Okay. yeah. We need to grow through that, yeah. yeah. You see, that is why small groups are so important. Yes, yes, yes. And that is where you are learning these things. Now, I know that it's also fertile ground for all types of weird ideas and whatever the case may be. And people can easily go on a frolic of their own and get sidetracked or whatever the case may be. Okay. Uh, spending time in the presence. So in other words, we are getting sanctified by spending time in the presence of God. Well, I want to use an example that you were saying. Say, for example, I'm a very negative person. You see, only the things that you want to change in your life, those things will, will change. Listen to me, guys, please. We all know this. Say, for example, I'm a negative person, constantly criticizing and judging people. I've given my life to Jesus when I was 15 years old. I'm walking with God. But I'm now 50 years old and I'm still sitting with the same thing. I'm oh so negative. I'm always seeing the glass half empty. And I'm complaining about everything and all those kind of things. And, and I'm criticizing this and I'm criticizing that, whatever. Hello. I'm, I was supposed to be out of that, out of that yeah. nappy. I'm still walking around with a nappy. Cool. That is why Paul says. Amazing. Paul is actually saying to them, you are still babies. Can you imagine? Oh my word, if you are going to stand up in a church and I'm telling you guys, hey, you are all babies. Um, next week, only Melania and myself will be here. As a matter of fact, I think I will be the only one that is here. <laughs> Can you imagine? I mean, it is so important, guys. Cool. Okay, reading, meditating on the word, praying, being disciple, being taught by, or think they yeah, are being taught by mature believers, the things of God. Now I've walked, I've, I've, I've got the t-shirt, many times I've learned, you know, yeah, many times I'm hearing from people, learning from people, and eventually I start applying the things that I've learned and I realize, oh my word, this is a typical, there's an expression that we say, you've heard the bell or the gong, but you don't have a foggiest idea where the thing is hanging. You understand what I'm saying? You heard the sound of So in other words, the person that is teaching me about this thing, uh, he got help, but he doesn't. Uh, 
I'm not saying, but I'm, I, I know that we've also walked in, in that thing. Very important what Malani was saying, that it's your and my responsibility when even the things that I'm telling you. Go and do it in your own life. Go check it whether it is in line with the word. I'm telling you there are probably things that I'm saying to you. Some of the things that, and I also heard the gong, but I doesn't know where the bell is. But fortunately, hopefully it's not all of those things. Okay. Cool. Salvation of the body, of, in other words, of, of the flesh. Uh, now, what, quickly, the salvation of the soul, that's the process where you and I learn how to be more and more led by the Spirit of God. You're moving away from it, it's all about me. That is why I'm, I, 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 I don't always want to use myself, but I... But I'm, I'm sharing my life with you guys because I know where my weak points are. And one of my weak points is that I'm praying every day, God, please kill me. And it's hard because eventually I know it is not about me. Like the looters. Other day I, heard, I also got so angry with the looters. The other day I heard Graham, the, one of the elders in our church speaking. He says when their place was burning, they saw their, everything, their whole life was going up in flames in front of them. And him and his wife start crying, not because of their loss, but because of the fact that the people that are doing it are totally lost. So all of a sudden, and that was so profound to me, that I don't know, in that moment it brought a shift in my heart. Because now I realize if a person does something to me, it is not about, oh my word, I'm going to nail you. Now I say, I know, that yeah. you are lost, that is why you are doing this type of, and you don't even know that you are, you are lost. I heard Robert Morris saying this morning, a profound thing, and oh wow, he says that if you repeat something in your head, in other words, if you prepare speech in your head, what you want to say to another person that has, that has wronged you, you are under demonic attack. So in other words, all of a sudden, I'm going to, Heather, remember that thing? And I start already reciting, and I, sometimes you even write it out, and just make sure that I get, oh my word, I hope, do I, it seems to me I've pressed the button here, it sounds familiar. That is all about you. You have to die to that thing. Okay. Cool. And, uh, and then the last one is salvation of the flesh. Salvation of the flesh will only happen the day that you and I die. In other words, it is called uh, glorification. In other words, when the day that... So we get justification, sanctification, glorification. The day that you and I die, we get a new body, a glorified body in the presence of God. This body cannot come into the presence of God. Okay. Cool. Any questions, guys? Does it make sense? Uh, what you were just saying about the dying to self <coughs> and um, you know not reversing what should have could have said this and I want to say that um, well, 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 to retaliate. Um, this there was a pastor and his wife. They used to really give of themselves. They were uh, you know people who came for ministry from far and wide, they would buy them air tickets because they didn't have 
you know, to, uh, 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 money to travel back to wherever they were. They would take people into their home and they would look after them for weeks and all sorts of things. They really, really sacrificed. And um, then they would hear back from um, you know people in ministry as well, wherever they were, how they had bad mouth them, called them names, mocked them, even though they gave up themselves so much. But instead of getting angry, they would get on their knees before the Lord, crying out for those people, yes, because they knew that the Lord was going to smite them. Because, because they really, really belong to the Lord. And the Lord said, vengeance is mine. Yes. So they would cry out to God and say, please, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Which is along the same vein as what Graham mm-hmm. um, felt. Mm-hmm. And he saw everything up. 